0: Hello Physiology 2130, this is podcast episode 6, and the content on today's podcast I'll be covering from module 7, or the sensory physiology section of our CD-ROM. I'm Dr. Anita Woods, I'm your prof and your podcast host. While there is a lot of things going on in module 7, I'm sure you can start to appreciate now how much our body, how our body works to sense the environment around us. We can see, hear, taste, touch, and smell. And now I hope you understand how those different signals from the environment can be translated into information to our brain. And the way we sense our environment to begin with is through something called receptor potentials. So a receptor potential is the depolarization or the hyperpolarization of different receptors, so specifically if you're talking about touch, receptors in our skin, or if you're talking about vision, we have receptors in our eye. Uh, These receptors um, generate potentials, and they're very similar to something you learned about in the last module in our postsynaptic potentials, or the change in the membrane uh, potential uh, in response to a presynaptic neuron releasing a neurotransmitter. So if you compare these two things together, receptor potentials and postsynaptic potentials are very similar. They're both graded. They both will deteriorate over time and distance. So the stronger the potential, the more opportunity it would have to spread distance-wise or over time. And they both may or may not lead to an action action potential. So they could be depolarizing or they can be a hyperpolarizing stimulus. So our receptor potentials uh, don't necessarily, so the receptor doesn't necessarily lead to an action potential that is sent to the brain. And it's an important thing to think about. Now in our skin, the CD covered a bunch of the different types of mechanoreceptors that we have in our skin as well as thermoreceptors. I'm gonna just point some of these out to you here. So we have in our skin uh, a variety of things. We have receptors for different modalities, so different stimuli. So for example,
1: we have free nerve endings, oops, let's try this again. So we have
0: free nerve endings in our skin and it senses Things like pain and temperature, and in this picture it tells you it also senses itch. Okay, so it's a type of specific receptor in our skin that will um, have an ability to detect pain and temperature. Uh, and the temperature, these thermoreceptors will send information to the brain about how warm or cold something is. We also have Ruffini endings, Merkel's discs, and meisner's corpuscles. Uh, these all sense touch, but to a different degrees, so some like the Meisner's corpuscles uh, have an ability to detect sensitive or fine touch, whereas Merkel's discs and Ruffini endings sense touch and Ruffini's touch and pressure so there's a variety of things these receptors can sense. Then we have Pacinian corpuscles, which Also, will sense touch and pressure. Now if you notice in this diagram these uh, different sensory receptors have a receptor so like in the Pacinian corpuscle here we have our receptor surrounded by uh, a corpuscle or some extracellular matrix and it's detached from its neuron its sensory neuron so it's close by it but it's detached from the sensory neuron which you see here whereas the free nerve endings The receptor in the uh, ends of the free nerve endings, these are physically connected to its sensory neuron that goes to the brain. So you can have receptor potentials that are occurring um, in any of these receptors, and sometimes those receptors are connected directly to the neuron, and other times they're disconnected. So there has to be a transmission of some type of, it's a neurotransmitter uh, to the uh, actual sensory neuron. Now once that information is sensed by the receptor itself, the information travels up to our brains uh, through different neuron tracks. So the CD covered this in some actually great detail. The CD does a really good job of explaining these things. But I want you to be familiar with both the spinothalamic tract and the dorsal medial and meniscal system. These are both groupings of neurons, and you think about it like a superhighway of neurons that go from the sensory receptors to the brain. So the spinal thalamic tract will send will transmit information about pain, temperature, and crude touch, whereas the dorsal medial luminiscal system, it's connected to other types of receptors. And those neurons that are either physically attached to these receptors or disconnected by synapse, these neurons also travel as a grouping of neurons to the brain and they sense proprioception, vibration and fine touch. Okay, so you should be really aware of those different tracks of neurons that travel up the spinal cord and I talked to you in the um, notes about making pictures of these and showing where the first order neuron synapses on the second and then the third order neuron and where they cross in the spinal cord but the key thing is is that all of these pathways will synapse and cross over in the spinal cord so none of the neurons So again, so the neurons from the left hand, for example, if it's feeling
1: uh, fine touch, it's gonna go to the right side of the brain. Now I'm gonna use one example that was on the CD.
0: and I'm gonna go over it in a little bit more detail just because I think it's a really great uh, way to explain all of the different concepts in the sensory section of the CD. So here we have a cross-section of a retina, so the back of our eye, and this part at the top of the diagram here, this space right here is the vitreous humor or the liquid that's in your eyeball. So the front of the eye is up this way, and this is the back of your eye where the retina is. So in our retina, we have sensory receptors, and those sensory receptors are rods and cones. Okay, so we have our rods and our cones. And these are going to sense uh, light. So, specifically, the rods and cones have uh, a different preference for light, and the rods prefer
1: low light, and the cones prefer bright light. Now, notice there's a really interesting organization in the retina.
0: So, when we are uh, getting light from our external environment. It goes through our eye, so here's the front of the eye, through the vitreous humor, and then it actually has to pass all the way down, all these other neurons, to the back of the eye where our rods and cones are placed. So the sensory receptors are the furthest away from the light, so the sensations of light, is found furthest away from the light, which is totally different than in touch where our sensory receptors are right at the skin. So that's a really interesting part of the this system of how we see things in our environment. The other thing that's really cool about the light, of the eye is that everything's kind of backwards. In that, in the dark, when there is no light, these rods and cones sense that there's no light and they are releasing neurotransmitter to these bipolar neurons. Okay, So this is when our receptor is disconnected from its uh, primary neuron. So these bipolar cells, um, they are receiving neurotransmitter in the dark. So in other systems usually the stimulus that you expect like touch causes the release of neurotransmitter. In this case, the neurotransmitter is released in the dark. Okay,
1: so when there's no light. Now the neurotransmitter that is released onto the bipolar cells are inhibitory. Okay,
0: so they're gonna cause a hyperpolarization. So in the dark, these bipolar cells
1: are hyperpolarized and no action potentials are sent to the brain.
0: Now, if you were to have light coming from the external environment through the eye to the back of the eye where the rods and cones are located, now what happens is the neurotransmitter is not released. So no neurotransmitter. So the stimulus causes the stoppage of neurotransmitter release. Now, because there's no neurotransmitter released, these bipolar cells do something a little bit funny and that they want to depolarize on their own. So these bipolar cells can now depolarize because they're not stopped from depolarization because there's no inhibitory neurotransmitter released on them. Okay, so this is really different than most situations. In most situations, a stimulus causes a depolarization. It's not usually the case like this where the absence of a signal will cause a depolarization. And why these bipolar cells act like this is a little bit more complex and I hope you can just accept the fact that uh, they depolarize in the absence of signal. So the bipolar cells will depolarize, thus leading to an action potential that's sent to the brain.
1: Okay, so through the optic nerve, then we get action potentials. And also in the CD, you learn where all of these information uh, pieces are, are
0: going within the brain. So, vision or seeing light or dark,
1: uh, it goes to the occipital lobe. Whereas when you learn about hearing in the CD,
0: and the ear is also really, really cool, uh, the hearing apparatus, any of that information, it goes to the temporal lobe. Okay, so different parts of the brain are gonna receive these types of sensations and be able to tell you that you're hearing a specific thing or you're seeing something. Okay, there's so much more about sensation that we could talk about. I hope you're a little bit more comfortable with the information and I hope that this podcast was helpful for you.